0: Welcome back to Season 2 of the Aware Podcast. In this global podcast, Nikki and Sarah your hosts, chat to inspirational guests who've all had a breakthrough moment in either life, leadership or business. We share our adventures as we talk through the moments, courage, laughter and insight. A big thank you to all our listeners and we hope that you're going to enjoy Season 2 as much as you did Season 1. Don't forget Rate, you. review, subscribe and share to keep us moving forward.
3: Hi, I'm Nikki Mackie, and this is Sarah Godfrey hello. and hello, we're here from the AWARE group and we are so excited today to have Dr. Peter Abraham, um, clinical psychologist and who's here to share his own journey but also, um, his career and the impact that he's had on so many people's lives, um. We may have just lost Pete's image, but he'll come back eventually. Um, <laughs> Pete, are you there?
2: <laughs> he's just left the building.
3: He didn't like the comments about his hair. Um, no. so. <laughs> um, so Pete, look, uh, I know
0: Pete. He's, he's an incredible psychologist, but a, a really warm and lovely human being. And it was um, one day just chatting with Pete, he, um, even though how long have I known you, Pete?
2: Oh, about nine yeah, years. Yeah, just I nine think. years.
0: That's all. Um, that he he brought up his journey, and I just thought it was such an incredible story and a brilliant story. That I asked him, would he share it? And I and I think it was a, t- a testimonial to who you are, Pete. That you you said yes because it's um uh, an, a story of great courage of um, survival and how all these things brought you to this point of being um, such a well-renowned and incredible psychologist. So I think I'm going to hand it to mm. you, Pete, and maybe you could start us off with probably the, the turning point for you that, that when you were much, so young um, mm. and that journey and, and and just drive along and we'll we'll be in the back seat cheering you on. Yeah.
2: Okay, sure. Well, thank you for um, those um, Kind words to begin with, and and um, pleased to meet you, Nikki. Uh, you. I hear a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> All true, Some of the yeah. <laughs> Um Well, I, I my early years, teenage years, I was um, I was at a, a quite a, a, a really good school. I had a really good education. It was a a selective school uh, government school and um, I was doing really quite well academically and um, and what had happened was that I developed a mental illness that I was unaware of it as it as it formulated and nobody around me was either and my parents and I you know I was living in a with my parents um, no uh, difficulties there, um, nothing unusual about it. and Just a um, normal, I,
0: everyday young man, yeah, you know, doing well, ha- up, happy at home. Yeah, and
1: this-
2: some ups and downs here and there, but nothing major. And
1: yeah.
2: I just found that um, I couldn't sleep. I was saying things that were really a bit strange mm-hmm. and in and what really... Um, developed was what was a prodromal psychosis Mm -hmm. was into a actual psychotic um, acute uh, uh, psychotic episode Mm -hmm. and that was leading leading up to that it would have been obvious to any psychologist I think um, what was happening but um, there there was no knowledge in my family or anyone which I'm you know I'm not blaming anyone but so in what eventually happened was that i was t- uh, sent to um larundel um psychiatric hospital wow. which in in wikipedia is called still called larundel mental asylum mm-hmm. in bandura and plenty road and the buildings are still there but um none of them are functioning as a psychiatric hey
0: could you, facility. Could you just give our listeners, who, you know, yeah. who aren't from Melbourne, an idea of oh, what yeah. Rundle was and, and what its yeah. reputation was.
2: Well, yeah, it, it was a, a series of um, buildings um, uh, that housed, you know, like um, there was one part of it, there was uh, a closed ward. Mm-hmm. So when, when I went in there, uh, there were no windows. Uh, well, this was instead of individual clinics. This is where large institutions housed um, people. It was it was basically you institutionised people. Mm, yeah. kept people were in Rundle, uh which were a series of brick buildings, of, built in the um, about the thirties and forties, yeah. mm-hmm. red brick buildings. And um, people would be there for you know say 20 odd years wow. and
0: would you say um, re- one flew over the cuckoo's nest vibe mm-hmm. that kind of feel well,
2: it was pretty much like yeah. that because um, we were in large dormitories mm. um, and when when I moved from the closed ward where you weren't allowed out and there were no windows they were just glass bricks wow. and and then uh, and that just contained everybody but it was quite dangerous and scary because um I was surrounded by people who were some of them were quite violent wow. towards each other and and having to be restrained um, and uh, heavily medicated I, and i'd I'd step from this sort of middle
3: mm.
2: middle class i not and I wouldn't well, you know, just to a really quiet suburb in Glen Iris, which in Melbourne has got these lovely oak trees up the street Mm. and quiet, lots of birds Mm. and blah, blah, into this um, turmoil. And
0: how old are you, Pete, at this stage?
2: I I was 16. So
0: young, thrown into this place with these adults too that are really dangerously unwell. Yeah.
2: It was, and and also uh, in the dormitory upstairs, there was a, a nurse, and I still know his name. But uh, he'd tip, get the bed and tip it up, and he'd tip you out of bed. Things like that. It was all really quite um, traumatic, really. Yeah. When, when, I, when, I look, when I look back yeah. on it.
0: And this was while and, you yourself are not yourself. You're you're actually still in a yeah. psychotic episode. Yeah.
2: That's, that's right. And I can remember how I was thinking. I have the recollection of 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 that state and um and so it was something that really was a shock to me and i gradually um because of my family you know the social supports which are really important yeah. that was probably the biggest assistance to in my understanding of psychosis mm-hmm. is really um med- medication can do Thirty percent, but seventy um, percent is what um, clinicians do. They don't necessarily yeah. have to be psychologists, but certainly um, family and mm. and the connection, particularly connection. And um, there were times when I thought there were things were funny, and and I might have laughed, but then I had the the staffs coming to me and telling me to quieten mm. down. Wow. And so you, you you didn't know who was mad and who wasn't, yeah. type.
3: Yeah, what a constant <laughs> internal battle with how do I behave, how do I represent, how do I respond, and, and mm. you know, how am I being impacted by such volatility around you compared to, you know, what was, as you said, sort of the middle-class, stable, traditional home base.
2: Yes, and, and I think, Nikki, that that it, very quickly I, I had to learn how to um, be aware of my environment. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we can be curious about finding out things as sometimes these things can be um, imposed on us. Yeah. And and then um, we, well, certainly for myself, I, I then... Um, i I left the hospital and came back into back into society, so to speak. Mm. and but unfortunately, when I came out, I had absolutely no, I had a fear of my own mind. Of course you would,
0: yeah, yeah. and be t- t- terribly traumatized, I would think is at that age. Yeah. and being in that environment, mm. there would be another level yeah. of not only have I lost my sanity unpredictably, but I've also been exposed to uh, a really violent and traumatic environment. Yeah. In that state of mind,
3: at the age of sixteen, yeah.
0: too. Oh, so young. Yes, yeah. it,
2: it, it was just mind-boggling, and and I, you know, my parents were really quite um, distressed by it all. Mm. They they didn't know how to help, mm. and and it was not something that was really discussed afterwards. I I I never. Um, I've never actually been to a psychologist in my life.
0: Have you ever thought what you're missing, what it is that you don't know about yourself, or if you're a mindset coach or a life coach, what you don't know really about your clients? That's why we designed the monthly AWARE Packages, easy skill sheets and tools to help you Dig deep, find out what your identity really is and get self aware. Great for you and even better for the people you help. This is who I am, this is, this is who I am now. No matter what they say. This is who I am. This
2: is, this it would have put you <laughs> off, I would think, actually. Okay. Well, well, I don't I don't know. What what um, What I meant mainly by that was that when I was released from the hospital, there was no nothing else Mm. there was no ongoing anything and i was just having medication Mm. which which really sort of dulled my senses a Mm. bit but i i then even before i went to lorundle there was a a part of me that was always interested or had an interest in how the mind worked and i i really don't understand how that came about really but Mm. it was curious that something like that happened Mm. so uh whether we have on a level that we're not thinking about, we can produce mm. um, learnings despite ourselves. That we, we, there may be events that come to us, which, which, in all different philosophies or even religion, yeah. they say, "Oh, it was meant to happen." Mm. So, we, we I, I'm not saying that I can understand anything mm. about that, mm. but who knows? Well, Carl Jung again, would
0: say that Carl Jung's philosophy well, yes. was, you know, the thing you fear mm. or. Uh, avoidant or uh, um, curious about will manifest, mm.
2: and and maybe that's the mm. case. And mm. so I, I left left school. I, I, I was told by a psychiatrist who was sitting at his desk in the hospital there, and he said, "No, you won't be going back to to school." And I thought, well, "What?" I, I was at a you know it was Melbourne High School, which was a really yeah. Yeah. Thought, a great school, mm. and. I said, you won't. So there was all of these losses.
3: Mm. Yeah, um,
2: 100%. And so, I don't know, I went into my uh, later adolescence not very confident mm. and um, really a bit shattered. Mm. And my first job was as a and packer mm-hmm. um, and then went into retail because, I, you know, I just had – there was no expectation. And I'm not, and this is not a, anything to do with my parents, but mm. I, I, it was a general thing. There was no expectation. Um, and
0: it's strange how fragile, uh, well, lack of understanding of mental health, yeah. that they thought because mm. you'd had this episode that then you you mm. you wouldn't have the confidence, the stability, mm. the ability to go back to school and continue on your career path. That's right.
2: It it was like I had a, a firecracker in my mm. firecrackers in my pocket. I didn't want to release them mm. because I would be um, not allowed to do like I couldn't. Because of that, mm. I, I had to have a doctor's um, uh, examination every year just to have my driver's oh, license. Oh, Wow!
3: And um, and so
2: it, it it was such a stigma attached yeah. to it that and and was is so strong that even when I was, um, you know, I, I never talked about it to anybody. No, no. I, I, any employment I had. Mm.
3: What well, was really treated as a as a you know as a, as a shameful um and and it wasn't mm. really, um, I suppose acknowledged as as a condition. you know it was always a weakness of someone. and
1: yes.
3: you know mm. that that is so far from from what you know mental health um, challenges are, like it it's it mm. it is a debilitating situation that Mm. you can't control and and you know it's um and but also just such a dramatic Mm. dramatic decision at Mm. such a young um age i mean you know to share like myself as a 15 year old well 14 and nine months Mm. i attempted suicide Mm. left school Um, again, because of a lot of the stigma attached to it mm. in a small country mm. town. Mm. Um, yes,
2: yeah, yeah. Was
3: told not to go back to school, so didn't do year, mm. you know, 9, 10 or 11. Oh, sorry, mm. 9 or 10 and then jumped straight back in, went back to year 11 and, you know, am where I am today as a result of that. But that was so rare. You didn't get those mm. second bounce back opportunities at that age, did mm. you?
0: so no,
1: crushing no. that, mm. you know,
0: and, and Nikki and I have talked about her experience, that the lack of understanding and support is so isolating. It, mm. It's not as if mm. you're rewarded for recovery. It's yes. nearly like you're punished mm. because it occurred in the first place. Yeah. And mm. the shame mm. and blame that goes along with, mm. you know, significant mental mm. health.
2: Um, there was a lot of, yeah, there certainly was a lot of <laughs> shame and embarrassment yes. about it. Mm. and And so I couldn't say... Oh, I've just overcome a great trauma. Yeah,
3: um,
2: you know, because it was of the mind, mm-hmm. and so it's an abstract concept, mm-hmm. and um, and so fortunately um, things are changing. But but also, um, you know, I, I was prompted by you, Sarah, to talk about it because I thought, mm-hmm. oh, hang on, I don't I don't normally talk about no,
0: it. No, as I said, we were yeah. just
2: only my, my friends, my beloved mm-hmm. friends I've known for. Mm-hmm long, long time, um. know about me. And um,
0: and why I thought it was so important is because we will jump ahead. That experience mm. actually gave you an incredible insight into survival, insight into resilience mm. and ability to adapt and use mm. your mind in a very powerful and, uh, I think, life-saving way later mm. on in life as you mm. began travelling. And
2: uh, Well, mm. yes, I remember... Um, after I left um, the, the mental hospital, I, I then worked, saved a bit of money and went, left Australia and went overseas and um, was there about um, a number of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, through a, a series of circumstances, um, uh, ended up going to North Africa, went to Morocco mm-hmm. and um, and was caught up in a police scam where um, drugs were um,
0: planted, were basically. basically
2: <laughs> well, basically, <laughs> and um, and I was with a group of people, but I, I was sentenced to two years' prison in uh, 1975 wow. um, for um, apparently for um, drug. Trafficking, which was, you know, it was a lie mm. and, um, and for an amount that actually wasn't true.
0: Mm. And the whole thing about um, that, Pete, wasn't it, is that if, if you hadn't been the guy you were or you and your friends of being mm. stand-up guys and knowing, you know, your rights and that you hadn't done anything wrong, you would have just paid mm. the police off and gone on your merry way. Yeah. But because they're well, from wrong. Australia and England, I think you were at the time, mm. you are righteous yeah. about law and you'd done nothing wrong, <laughs> and that, and that, that just well, went right. down. That just spiralled. Yeah, spiralled really well, quickly for you. And that, again, for right. our listeners, just to give mm. real context about mm. it, that incredible survival instinct in you, can you tell them about the prison that you were actually sent into and what you found out about it and, and your experiences in there?
2: Well, well, it was interesting. It was like um, being sentenced to, to two years' prison and then going down into the cells underneath First thing, I can't believe it, but it was the first thing that came, went through my mind was, oh, well, I'll, be, I'll improve my French because I was doing all the <laughs> translation with the police okay. and the gendarme. Yeah,
0: always look on the bride. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's right. Yeah. And, oh, dear. Uh, and and that, I, that my Arabic, I'll, I'll learn some um, Arabic. Mm. And I, I literally thought that. I, I, I just don't, I can't explain that, mm. but it, it But what I can say is that it's interesting if we are in a situation where we can't control something, Mm. then rather than focus on what we can't control, it might be interesting to connect and to be curious about what we can control.
0: Yeah, great message, yeah.
2: And um, so I focused all of my attention on staying alive in this really, it was quite a primitive mm. uh, prison in, in uh, Tangier and there were no beds and there were maybe about 20-25 people in the cells wow. together, slept on a concrete floor, um, dangerous, mm-hmm. there were whippings, there, there was water boarding to get information but also to get um, have control yeah. over people and hair shaved off. Um, you know, things like total control where it half, we're allowed out mm-hmm. half an hour and you could walk around a courtyard, but if you went in the wrong direction, you were punished. Right. You had to walk all... It's like you had to be a sheep. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: Have you ever thought what you're missing, what it is that you don't know about yourself, or if you're a mindset coach or a life coach what you don't know really about your clients. That's why we designed the monthly Aware Packages, easy skill sheets and tools to help you dig deep, find out what your identity really is and get self-aware. Great for you and even better for the people you help.
2: So during that time, um, that was where my, what and, and it was an exercise In mindfulness really Mm -hmm. because I had to be totally present and um, be very clear about what was happening around me Mm -hmm. so my senses were really acutely attuned to what was going on and all the nuances so I'm not to say that I developed them what I'm saying is that we've all got them but we don't necessarily have to use them so a lot of that was um, heightened and and that gave me, not consciously, but on a level I not wasn't thinking about, mm-hmm. gave me skills that really became finally honed because there were instances where I had been challenged. There was a time when I was confronted in, in the cell in front of everybody else by this bloke who came into the room who was known to the prison but wanted to stamp his authority. He sort of turned me around once and punched me in the face wow. and um and interestingly he must have been a real mug because he got me um on, on the side of the mm. cheek It didn't connect and and I I was a bit of luck on my side but <laughs> I didn't flinch and that was the thing about it yeah I wasn't scared because I'd, I'd already been like LaRundel was yeah. the yeah. psychiatric hospital was was Probably the worst It's like
0: it prepared you to understand uh, those personalities, unpredictable, violent, um, frightening. And in that moment, all that experience allowed you to stand still and look that dude in the eye and not flinch.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And because the place fell silent was one of those moments. I just stared at him and he just sort of, quickly walked off and then he wasn't in that the ne- that next day he disappeared mm, mm. he he wasn't going to come back into the room with mm, me because yeah. in a sense it was like well I might have been a bit of an unknown quantity mm, yeah. and 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 I remained an unknown quantity in that prison yeah well you, basically
3: you shifted the balance didn't you 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 shifted yeah. that and it mm. um you know there was too much risk attached for people Because they didn't know what the expectations Mm. were, what was going to be the outcome. Mm. So,
0: and you were, you know, you're a foreigner in a jail. Exactly, one of the toughest jails, I think it ended up being. Um, Mm.
2: Well, it was quite. It was known to be notorious. It doesn't exist now. It was pulled down because of that. Yeah,
0: and eventually, um, you were able to get released what what was that like? what happened towards the end of your stay there
2: um when well when we were released when I was released we we decided you know instead of going back to australia yeah. i I was quite i wasn't actually that as traumatized as I was when I was mm. in the, yeah. the, the 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 mental hospital mm. so mm. I went back to to London, mm,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and um, and then just continued. And in a way, I was quite um, buoyant in the sense that I I had survived yeah. because
1: yeah.
2: I recall now when I was underneath the cell after the conviction that I had to I, I had said to myself, I can't um, have a psychotic episode here. Mm.
0: I can't be pushed back country. to that place. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
2: I can't in this country. I can't do that because there's no Australian embassy mm. there. Yeah. and I would have disappeared off the face of yeah. the earth.
3: Yeah,
2: I would have been um, disappeared. It would have been easy for them to mm. do it. Yeah. So, um, but there was a, a, a British embassy there. So mm-hmm. um, the British consulate. Um, ambassador there wanted to, to meet, mm-hmm. meet us. Yeah.
3: So it was really and, being uh, aware of that vulnerability and being able to kind of put it in its place while you were there so that you, you know, you could manage the time, the process, and all the mm-hmm. risks associated with it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yeah. And, and I think I stepped out of there with different skills. Yeah. In, in a way. Like it, I, I think... Um, and, and I'm sure with um, any of your previous um, speakers uh, can cite as you, as you can, mm-hmm. Nikki, a particular or particular events that are uh, extreme in our life.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, if we can find a way of moving through and 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 getting through, and that's where I think. Um, Psychologists, but not only psychologists, but people who in any walk of life yep. who have the humanity to to guide people and to support mm. them in some way, that we then develop incredible uh, other skills. Mm. Yeah.
0: Pete, and there's we, a, a beautiful yep. story that you finished telling me when we talked about this of when you went back. And it took you a long time, but you and Nancy, your wife, went back Mm. um, and how you met someone.
1: Would you like to share that? Because I
0: think that just, I mean, we started Mm. off with this gorgeous young 16-year-old boy, everything ahead of him, no reason for life to tip over. And Mm. then a mental health issue that could happen to any of us um, Mm. tips over, probably in the worst moment of mental health care. Yes. You're in one of the Mm. worst institutions. There's no care mm. afterwards. Your whole mm. life is disrupted and your identity altered. Mm. And you mm. think that's enough. And then you go to find yourself and explore the world because you're adrift and end up mm. in one of the worst prisons. <laughs> you mm. know, there's something about, you know. The
3: worst places. The worst place. don't, don't work you for you, Right. Really. This
0: man has to yeah. learn an incredible resilience. Absolutely. Um, and mm. We can touch
2: well, you think I would have learned. I
0: know. a slow learner,
3: Pete.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. What is
0: it about you and the worst? Um, and, 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 and it's made him an incredible psychologist because he can draw on the strengths and teach yes. people the strengths mm-hmm. to get through. But there was such a beautiful end to this moment in your life when you went back with Nancy. And I'd love you to share that if you'd be comfortable.
2: Yes. Um, it was only recently. It was, it was just back at um, just before COVID. Yeah. So, 20, early 2020 that we went back there uh, to Morocco and um, and I said to Nancy obviously Nancy I have to say my she's an angel in my life mm. I'm really very fortunate um, and she she heard the story about being in Morocco and all of that so uh, I thought I oh, will we'll go back because I there's no you know, I can't be re arrested or anything. There's no,
1: yeah.
2: I, I don't have a record. And, you know, it's like basically irrelevant because mm-hmm. that was in 1975, anyway. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we, we'd say to people, oh, you know, why, Why? isn't that fantastic? You two are going off to Morocco. Mm-hmm. Oh, isn't that such a beautiful place? <laughs> oh, how lovely. And, <laughs> yeah. And what are you going to see? Oh, and, and Nancy's like, oh, oh, we're going on a prison <laughs> <Yeah>. tour. <laughs>
0: Look at a
2: prison <laughs> yeah. So anyway we're, we're there and we had these Lovely things we'd seen And parts of Morocco that I Didn't see yeah. <laughs> A and, <small> uh, <laughs>
0: holiday You didn't get to have
2: Yeah, that's right And um, and we went on a tour a, a, Like a, a cultural tour a, Just with the one person And he took the two of us A wonderful journey And um so we walked around a place called Chefchaouen, which was actually I, w- I was in two prisons. I ended up in the more notorious one the second time. Anyway, the first one was uh, in Chefchaouen, a beautiful city with beautiful blue buildings mm. and um, up near the Atlas Mountains. And I ex- and I thought I haven't spoken to anybody about this, mm-hmm. and I just ventured to mention, oh look. And he said, "Why are you here? What, what, what you, you know, what are you going to say?" And I thought, "Oh, all right, I'll tell him." It was near the end of the walk, after about two hours. I told him what had happened, and he nearly fell over. Wow. He he was shocked. He knew about the the Malabata prison mm. that doesn't exist. He said, "That was that was a really notorious, know, a bad prison." Mm. You see, and he he was, he was shocked. You
0: survived it, wasn't he? Yeah yeah he
2: was shocked, he was shocked and And, as we're walking and we're near the end of the walk, he, there's a, a a guy comes up to in a uniform and he you know says hello, and he was a policeman wow and and he um he explained to me, I've told this policeman about your story, and i and we just had that little the heart, you know. The fight, for, yeah, yeah, the, the fight, little, flight
0: yeah.
2: just a little flicker, yeah. and and but what it was that he, he was a friend of this policeman, mm. and the policeman mm. was just appalled, and he he apologized to me. Wow, wow.
0: isn't that a beautiful he story? That's amazing. He apologized he for, said, for, oh, for the wrong I'm
2: very sorry. Yeah. I'm very sorry this happened, and so he grabbed Nancy and me, and he gathered Nancy in. He, mm. he sort of got got her and sweeped her into his side beside <laughs> him and and me and he got the guy his friend mm. to take a photo mm. of it. oh wow so mm. we've got this wonderful photo
3: have
0: you ever thought what you're missing what it is that you don't know about yourself Or if you're a mindset coach or a life coach, what you don't know really about your clients. That's why we designed the monthly aware packages, easy skill sheets and tools to help you dig deep, find out what your identity really is and get self-aware. Great for you and even better for the people you help. You know, people. Um, one, one of the guests we been talking to uh, is someone who is asking on her podcast three photos that you know uh, of your life, kind of meaningful life experiences, and that yeah. to me is is one of where. Yeah. Um, mm. th- I mean, that experience could have been so much worse, and mm. it was wrongful and. The charges mm. were falsified. And it's so lovely that you go there to kind of connect back with that story that you've not talked about and yeah. not shared. No, no. And the, and mm. this man offers forgiveness on behalf of people.
2: Yes. And yeah.
0: on behalf of the profession that caused you such harm. I just yeah. love that and mm. I thought it was just I mean, that's the stuff of movies, isn't it? I mean, who would have believed that could actually yeah. happen?
2: Yes. Mm. And and really it was um it, it came round full circle.
0: Do you think that's why you you can talk about it? That it it, it did something. I think so. Yeah.
2: I think so because mm. I I was able to go back to a country that I was fearful yeah. of in turn. Like I I didn't I didn't know, but I could have been arrested. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and and in a, in a way, um, it it was a a sense that I am now safe. Mm. Yeah. That. I was safe I was never safe
3: yeah and I think
2: and I felt that the
3: courage that that creates I know when in one of our um prior podcasts we talk you know we talked to a woman in South Africa that that was attacked and was raped, and for twenty five mm. years she held on to that that sense mm. of of you know her security and her identity was changed to you know. Negatively, she was an angry person, and then Mm. she met her attacker, and and she gave forgiveness, Mm. and she said the release that created, and actually now has embarked her on, you know, teaching young men on on the art Mm. of respect Mm. and Mm. and truth. And mm. you know, I, 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 you know, I'm only surmising, but you know that situation mm. of that mm. photo and that experience took individuals out of it and said, "This is not indicative of this place." Mm. You know, yeah. it, it's still a beautiful place with beautiful people, and and allowed right. you to let That's go right. and say, "Yeah, you know, this mm.
0: is part of the past now, and I have the freedom, and I am safe to travel, mm. and yeah. I'm safe to talk about it too," because there's a lot yeah. of it. You know, even though there were falsified um, charges, mm. there's that shame about it too. And, mm. you know, being in our mm. profession, Pete, yeah. you know, people always expect us to have these perfect lifestyles and therefore we are worldly mm. on everything. But mm. I, I mm. think those experiences have, have helped you help so many people. Absolutely. And I've always said mm. to you, you always get the really tough ones. You're fearless with the really Tough, tough yeah. issues, yeah. Um, mm. and yet you seem to work mm. so beautifully with what we'd call mm. the hard end of the the mental health arena. Mm. And I think it's mm. because you've been through that experience, and you can guide them with mm. the compassion and understanding. It's it's such a gift mm. in a weird, horrible way. Well,
2: thank you. No, well, thank you, Nikki, and and um, and Sarah, both of you for that. Mm. And and also, I, I think. Um, that when we translate all of that and we internalise that to our own mind, mm-hmm. then we can have minds that we can forgive, mm. that we can have a mind that we can begin to have a sense of safety about it the more yeah. that we, rather than run from it, rather to, or I think with all of the people that I see, I I approach um, my relationship with all of those people with the idea that we can uh that we're not stuck we've got a mind that is movable that is flexible can manage yeah and the essential thing is that we 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 learn to manage to be calm and to relax to be able to manage stress Mm. to all of the things that people have been talking about for thousands of years Mm -hmm. like Mindfulness, all of these things yep. make sense. Being in nature, because we're not in it, we are in yes. it. So all of that counts.
3: And I think you're 100% right, Pete. Sometimes when we look at, and it was kind of why we created aware um, in the sense that, you mm. know, people look at certain challenges or experiences in their life and th- their mind can create it as that stuck point, as as justifying vulnerability. Um, but having strategies and, and skill sets and mentorship to t- turn that vulnerability into a growth opportunity yes, is such, absolutely. you know, I know all of us, that's why we get so much reward from what we do. And it's why we wanted to take our... Forty plus um, experience together, and and pull it yeah. together. Of there is so much that you can impact mm. people's future by embracing Absolutely. vulnerability mm. and turning it into learning. And
2: that's right to connect with yeah. it. And and as, as you say, mm. you know, to make a choice mm. about connecting. Yeah. And then once you do that, because the brain is the ve- mm. is the vehicle, Absolutely. but the mind is the thing that that will accommodate mm. that that first of all you know to be curious mm. to be able to commit to being mm. to making choices different choices not to accept that we are always broken yeah the mind never i don't think the my the mind doesn't mm. break no. so we connect and then commit and as you say it's like once you make the you have the the belief mm. the belief then you can commit. Mm, and to generate the, the belief I think it's important to commit to taking some little leaps.
3: Mm. Yeah.
0: There's, there's um both you and Nikki with your stories, I think why this is going to be a powerful podcast is The acknowledgement that the shame and the fear that goes along with having Mm. a significant mental health moment and how we worry that that defines us, Mm. but also that other Mm. people will define us through it. And I think, Mm. you know... One of the things that moved me, Pete, when you talked about it, and I think, you know, you saw my gobsmacked face as we were just sitting. Pete, Pete told mm. me this incidentally um, after work one day, you know, because he was, he was asking me about the podcast. And I was going, no, oh, we well, should come it on last- and chat. And he goes, oh, what would I talk <laughs> about?
2: It was last week, last week, and I, I just mentioned it. it was, oh. and
0: I, He goes, oh, you know, what, what would you talk about? And I said, oh, you know. Whatever, and, and then he's guessed, oh, well, there's then this time, oh, and then there's this time. I'm just <laughs> like, you're yeah, what? But what it does is, I think, empowers people. And only lifts you in people's eyes mm. as a man of great experience and great trauma. Like there, that kind of doubled up trauma yeah. could have broke you. Absolutely. And instead, what you did was you used your mind that was a weakness for you when you were young mm. and put you in a terrible yes. position. To you used mm. all of that knowledge. To strengthen mm. your mind. And I know we don't have time, but Pete did a lot of mindfulness. He he yeah. actually meditated a lot. He checked in on how, what he was thinking, where yeah. he was, yep. what his state mm. of being was. He, he really used mm. his mind to empower himself to get through that moment. Mm. And Incredible. I think that's mm. a lesson that you just can't teach unless you've lived through it. you ever thought what you're missing, what it is that you don't know about yourself or if you're a mindset coach or a life coach, what you don't know really about your clients? That's why we designed the monthly aware packages, easy skill sheets and tools to help you dig deep, find out what your identity really is and get self-aware. Great for you and even better for the people you help.
2: Yeah.
3: And I think, you know, on that, it really emphasizes that, you know, the importance of lived experience and, and sharing those journeys and sharing those stories show people in their depth of struggle that that it's not over. There, there's so much, and it is about mm. that embracing and, and mm. it takes time. Absolutely. You know, I'm thirty five years on from where I was at that point in 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 my life but mm-hmm. I live it like it was yesterday she's still there but I'm still there and and mm. but it's my radar mm. it's my radar yeah. now
2: yeah mm-hmm. yes and, and and I think that for for any of us that um if we if we have that that sense of being able to always like I've only been a psychologist for um nine years yeah. so um, that could be long enough, and, Pete,
0: really.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And, but, but the thing about that is that, like anybody, we can always be doing something like the, the cycle of that, that um, you know, the curiosity mm. and the, through to um, committing, mm. we can keep recycling that, that model because that model you've got is like mm. a uh, an action model, an action research model, which is cyclic. Mm, yeah, go through mm. it. So it doesn't matter how old we are, mm-hmm. um, you, we we can always run through mm. that cycle. Absolutely. So there is always potential, and and for me, uh, that means that it's, it's because the. Um
0: <laughs> Do you want to get that on 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 the podcast? <laughs> You know, that's a psychologist. Your phone never doesn't stop ringing. <laughs> uh, the life of a therapist. You are never going yeah. a call.
2: Uh, now, what I was... Well,
0: you were going to say...
2: That we can that we can go through a cycle just like that. Yeah. That we we then we we're, we're not the sum of our past. Nikki. No,
0: absolutely no. And and you're right. Our, our design is you get curious, you have choices to make, you connect, you commit, and then you go back to being curious. So it's That's always right. this uh, evolution of self. You're never there. You're absolutely. never going to be your Mm. final version. And as, um, you know, Abraham Maslow said, there is no final version. Mm.
3: It's correct. Mm. Mm. Life is about constant evolution Mm. and it's Mm. just the parts you take along that Mm. some stick with you more Mm. than others, Mm. but Mm. they all have a valuable role in, and, and recognizing them as part of that. And Mm. as just a building block from Mm. that curiosity through to commit Mm. And mm. there'll be other ones in our lives that, that will do yes. that. Um, well, no surprise, Pete's
0: commit. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> you're, you're at the yeah. commit stage, which means you're about to jump yeah. into another period of curiosity, another level, yes. you know, yeah. um, your and, scores on our mm. ARC-Aware thing. Um, mm. Pete, I've loved chatting to you. You know I love chatting to you yeah. anyway. But I've loved having you on the podcast and I can only thank you so mm. much. I I think being... Up there and telling people your actual story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. will allow so many other people, just as has Nikki mm-hmm. um, talks mm-hmm. about her story, but allow so many people to talk about it without that anxiety about how are you going mm-hmm. to view this and then how Absolutely. are you going to view me because that's correct. It's 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 mm-hmm. such a very personal experience. So thank you so much. For- yes. Yeah.
2: Well, thank you. You've helped me come full circle too. <laughs> yeah,
0: <that's laughs> we have tremendous. loved thank having you, you on.
3: Dave. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, heck, stop! Not she. She was going to hang up on you. I'm just making it. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yes. Stop. What a story!
0: I can only thank Peter for allowing me to share that um, a very private journey through a mental health issue and a very scary jail. And um, it's incredible that we now are in a place that we can talk about our narratives and find such inspiration and learning through it you can um, contact uh, Dr Peter Abraham on his website www.peterabraham.com.au he has a clinic in uh, 26a Upton street in Altona and of course he works at my clinic moving mindsets as well so again i hope you enjoyed that and that's certainly I think one of those podcasts that I'm going to listen to a couple of times Thank you for listening to The Aware Podcast and we really hope you enjoyed our guest insight and the little quiz at the end just for a bit of fun. Music for The Aware Podcast is by Tape Machine featuring LFA, Faye. The song title is This Is Who I Am. If you would like to be a guest or contact us regarding The Aware platform, please email awarearcgroup at gmail.com. That's aware ARC Arc Group at gmail.com. We are Nikki Mackie and Sarah Godfrey. See you next time.